Before we get started today, I wanted to say thank you to all of those who have donated to this channel. If you don't know, down below you can click the donate button to support the channel, and you can give a one-time or you can give monthly. If you're on Facebook, look up Faith and Failures. It's just like the podcast, and actually some of the podcast episodes are coming from people in this group. We're talking about real topics, answering and asking the hard questions. And that's the vision that I have for this podcast. The search for truth should not be something that you have to seek out alone. We're all in this together. We need to bring down the denominational divide and search for truth together. Check us out on YouTube at Faith and Failures. All right, let's get started. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Faith and Failures. Today, I have a special guest with me, Sarah Claudia. Um, she can be found at sarahclaudia.com. She has two books. Both are complete five-star ratings on Amazon. <laughs> Blind Faith Devotional, 30 Days of Finding Light, Building Faith, and Choosing Joy. And the other one is Unseen Steps, God's Guidance Through Unexpected Blindness. Hey, Claudia, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and have the opportunity to share. So now we touched a little bit on uh, just personally talking back and forth about your story. Uh, I didn't ask too many questions because I wanted to hear it all today when we (laughs) did our Zoom call. Mm -hmm. So uh, feel free to start as far back as you want. Okay, yeah. So I always like to start by talking a little bit about when I was younger. I grew up in Georgia. I've lived here in Georgia all my life and I grew up as the youngest of three kids. So growing up, I've always been very independent, a little bit headstrong. Some would probably say stubborn, <laughs> but as the baby of the family, you kind of you have to be that way and have that tenacity about you. And this kind of carried me through into when my story really starts, which was Right at the end of my junior year of college, I was going to a small college in terms of population, but it's one of the largest campuses in the world. It's Berry College in Rome, Georgia. And I was on the equestrian team. I was very successful on the team. I placed second in the nation my freshman year and third in the nation my sophomore year. So by the time my junior year came and ended, I had a lot of plans ahead of me. I was about to start my senior year of college. I was looking forward to hopefully making it to nationals again to close out my college equestrian career. Just had my whole life ahead of me. But I made a decision at the end of my junior year that changed everything. And it was the decision to have my tonsils taken out. I had suffered from chronic tonsillitis for most of my life. And at 20 years old, I decided I had had enough. So I decided to have them removed. And I thought, you know, no big deal. I will be back on campus after two weeks. I'll be back at my job at the horse barn, back riding, getting ready to start my senior year. But after the surgery, when I was discharged and sent home, All of that changed. Um, My mom actually made the decision to sleep with me that night in my room. And that one decision is the reason that I'm here today. She Hmm. woke up at about four o'clock in the morning and decided she would check on me, try to give me some water. And she discovered me completely unresponsive. 
So my parents rushed me back to the hospital where I was intubated and placed on a ventilator. And the next day when they took the breathing tube out and I started to breathe on my own, everybody kind of started to celebrate because they thought, oh, this, this was the biggest hurdle. We, we didn't know if she would start to breathe on her own. So this is a great sign and everything is going to be smooth sailing from here. But as I began to regain consciousness and began to talk a little bit, one of the first things I said was to my dad, who happens to be an eye doctor, and I told him that I couldn't see anything and everything was completely black. So just like that, in the span of just a couple of days, my whole life was instantly changed. And all of those plans that I thought I had and were looking so forward to were crushed. So what was the what was the underlying cause of how the tonsillitis stuff ended up doing all that? Well, it wasn't really the surgery. You know, I was discharged and sent home, but I was given a lot of different medications and ultimately I was discharged while I was still symptomatic from all of that and there was nobody, you know, at my house who really was able to watch me and knew what to look for. Um, Hmm. So in that time, I was unresponsive. I wasn't breathing. And ultimately, in a lack of oxygen, damaged my optic nerve and also damaged my auditory nerve in my left ear. So in addition to losing sight in both my eyes, I also completely lost hearing in my left ear. Wow. So in that that whole process, now, did you grow up? in a Christian household? I did. Um, I grew up Baptist and mm-hmm. I grew up, you know, going to Sunday school and youth group and all of the things I was saved when I was about seven, but I was guilty of really just going through the motions with my faith. I, I didn't really have that personal relationship with Christ and at the time of my sight loss, I was very, very lost spiritually. So did the, the experience, I know sometimes you have these, you have this fork in the road. Uh, some people, they experience something like this and it drives them closer to God, or they had this time where it actually drives them further. And then maybe they come back around, like, which way did you go in this whole experience? Did it kind of wake you up a little bit? Oh yeah. It it woke me up and, and opened my eyes in a, in a whole new way. I was faced with this situation where I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't know how to move forward. And I was very, very angry, mostly because I needed so much help with things. I had lost my independence and I started to become really angry with the people around me who were there for me and were helping me. And it just came from a place of frustration. I never really was angry with God. And I think it's because I, I didn't have that close relationship with him. So to me, it didn't feel like he had let me down. I just was angry in general, but because of that foundation I was raised on, I fell back on kind of that Sunday school answer of, well, what do you do when, when you don't know what to do? Well, you pray and that's how you, you know, find your way. And in this place where I knew nothing really about having a a prayer life, I just started 
praying to God for healing. And that's where it really started. And from there, I started to see how I could be completely vulnerable with God in a way where I couldn't be with my family and friends because I felt judged. I felt guilty for putting it on them. I felt, you know, everything else you feel when you're really opening up to another person. But as I begged God for healing night after night and it didn't come, instead of completely giving up on God, which I think is so easy to, for people to succumb to, I just kept talking to him. And that's really what I attest the, the whole rest of my journey and how my faith was built is that I just kept praying, even though I didn't really know what to say. I didn't really know the right way to do it, which, you know, there is no right or wrong way. You just have to talk to him. And that's what I did. And I prayed for healing. I prayed for comfort for peace and for hope, not really expecting anything, but I started to see God show up for me in a way I had never experienced before because I had never asked for it before. And it was an amazing experience just to feel that comfort and that hope in a place where previously I had only felt grief and anger and pain. That's pretty powerful. Sometimes it takes a place of desperation for us to really start seeking God the way we should have in the first place. Definitely. So how far in your journey, which book did you write first? I wrote Blind Faith Devotional first, and it came from a place of a lot of resistance on my part. <laughs> um, about eight months after I lost my sight, I went back to school, and this was a journey that took a lot of learning. I had to learn how to navigate the world without my sight with a white cane. I had to learn how to read Braille, use assistive technology, all of this, so I could be independent as a college student. And about that time when I went back to college, I started having people ask me to come share my story. <laughs> and I thought, what story? You know, I thought at that point I hadn't really accomplished anything. I hadn't finished school. I didn't have a degree, um, all of this. And what I learned was that people didn't really want to hear about what I accomplished. They wanted to hear about how God was walking me through the present, the right now. So I started to speak and share what God was doing in my life and how he had rekindled that flame and that faith and that relationship with him. And that started me on a whole new purpose, a whole new way that I saw my life coming back to life. You know, I felt like I had a purpose again without my sight. And so I started speaking more and more. And then I started a blog. And when I started my blog, it was really just about my blindness and about accessibility and how I lived life without my sight. And all along the way, I had one door closed in my face after another, you know, one opportunity let go because I was trying to chase what the world was doing for me instead of sharing what God was doing through my hardships. And all along the way, I felt God calling me to 
turn everything back to him, but I didn't feel qualified. I, I even said to people before, I said, well, I'm not a preacher. I haven't been to seminary. I, I don't know the Bible well enough. And those were all of my excuses. And finally, I had somebody be very blunt with me and tell me, well, God doesn't call those who are equipped. He equips those who he calls. And that really stuck with me. And in the midst of COVID, when I didn't have anywhere to go, I couldn't really use any more excuses. I really started digging into God's word more than I ever had before. And I started journaling. And that is where my first book was born out of all of those little journals and personal little devotions that I would write. Um, I turned that all into my first book. And that is really what launched my ministry, Sarah Claudia Ministries, where I speak and I write and I just try to share how God's working me through each challenge I face because of my blindness. So what's, I mean, obviously um, there are great challenges with the things you've been through, but what's, if you could give a piece of advice to someone who maybe have, has suffered in a great tragedy in their life or a great loss, um, which we all end up at some point, we end up losing somebody, we end up going through some kind of valley. Uh, what would be a piece of advice that you would give them in the midst of their suffering right now? I would say that you're not alone. And I know that sounds very cliche, very much like a Sunday school answer, but blindness to me was so isolating. And I did feel so alone because nobody around me really understood what I was facing, the darkness, the very literal darkness. And I found comfort in God and that he was walking me through every step of the way. And once I completely turned the situation over to him and said, you know, God, I can't handle this on my own. You take it from me. <laughs> That's where I started to see him show up and started to see him guiding me. And through that obedience, he has given me such a wonderful purpose and so much peace and hope despite my circumstances. So I would say, know that you're not alone. God's there with you to walk you through it. So during this whole time of, I mean, literal darkness, um, was there maybe specific prayers you prayed or specific scriptures that you like would cling to that would help you uh, become strengthened and to not give up? Yes. Um, I, like I said, I, I started out praying for healing and I became more and more frustrated when I felt like that prayer wasn't being answered. And it, it took me realizing that God had healed me, but it was just in a different way. He had healed me spiritually and I had to come to terms with God's will. And so I started to pray still for healing, but I would say, you know, if it's your will, please heal me physically, but if not continue to strengthen me and help me to walk through this and just praying for God's will to be done, that helped to give me comfort because I knew whatever happened in my life, it was what he wanted. And as long as I was being obedient to his will, I knew that, you know, whatever he had planned was, was better than what I had planned for my life. And as far as scripture, 
I love the first few verses of James 1 that say, Dear brothers and sisters, when you face trials of any kind, consider it an opportunity for pure joy. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And it took me a long time to kind of think about my blindness in terms of joy. But when we do face trials and we're able to use them as an opportunity to grow closer to God and to rely on his strength, it can bring us joy because we're seeing what amazing things God can do through that pain and through that suffering. So I try to remember that, you know, my blindness is not a happy thing by any means, but the way God has worked through it in me and in the lives of others is a a very beautiful thing. That's probably one of the hardest things for, and I mean, I'm a pastor of a church, but still like you, you pray a certain way and you're like, God, why don't you answer my prayer? And you forget that sometimes his answer doesn't, it's not wrapped in the, the, the way we want it to be, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's the same, but it's different. Like, yeah, God heal me. Well, he not only healed you, but strengthened you in so many other ways and then gave you a unique platform that you wouldn't have had the, any other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's tough sometimes when God doesn't answer your prayer or he answers, but not in the way that you want. <laughs> Yes, exactly. It's like that little kid on Christmas that opens that wonderful (laughs) present, and then they're like, "Oh, but this this isn't really what I asked for." Um, And it's taken a lot of growing up on my part to come to terms with that. And I still want more than anything to be healed physically, but I know that, like you said, what God has done is so much better than maybe how I would have lived my life if he had brought my sight back. You know, maybe if he had brought my sight back, I would have fallen into those same sins and that that same lifestyle I was in before. And that is not the person that I want to be and who God wants me to be. That's good. So in the blind faith devotional, the 30 days, is there specific parts of the Bible it's coming from? Or is it uh, you pick a theme like finding light and the building faith and choosing joy and then you Mm -hmm. pull scriptures from that? Explain that a little bit, if, if you would. Yes. So it, it is the theme. So I, I started writing and my mom, she's a kindergarten teacher or she's a retired kindergarten teacher. So she's all about, you know, organization and theme and all of that. And she's the one who kind of told me, you know, you need to have a theme for this. These are really great journals and devotions you've written. So I started looking at all of them and I started thinking about words that are found in the Bible a lot that have meant a lot to me throughout my sight loss journey. And I knew that God had built my faith through it and he had helped me find light in the darkness and he had taught me how to choose joy, even in those hard times. So I started studying and I found scriptures and passages that had those words in them. And then I would kind of study the context and um, think about how God had shown up for me in the same way that was related in that scripture. So the Blind Faith Devotional is cut into three sections. So it's building faith, finding light, and choosing joy. And the scriptures that go along with those devotions have those words in them. Okay. That's very cool. So um, what would be the particular setting as far as uh, who would you suggest this book? We're going to go on to the other one in just a minute, but who would you suggest that this devotional be for? 
I would say anybody facing a trial and any sort of trial, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, a sickness or um, a medical trauma like I went through, just any trial, any hardship that you're facing and you're kind of losing hope and losing your way walking through it. I am very transparent in this book. I share a lot of different um, trials and triumphs that I've gone through during my sight loss journey. And even before I lost my sight, I share parts of my life from that time as well. And it, it really helped me writing it to, again, build my faith and to find the positives and be able to see how God is working through all of it. I find that you said something that's, that's I experience on a weekly basis, you know, preaching in the pulpit, you end up doing sermons that are probably more God speaking to me and working on me yeah. <laughs> and everybody else is just kind of getting the overflow of, of what he's been dealing with me about. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of cool how it works. Like it's, he uses us, but pours it out on us as we then let it flow through. It's just cool how that works. Yeah. So the, uh, the next book, Unseen Steps. Um, now, were these written at a similar time or have um, these been spaced out? Unseen Steps was written about a, well, about a year after Blind Faith Devotional. Okay. So around the same time, but not exactly. Now, the title of this one is Unseen Steps, God's Guidance Through Unexpected Blindness. I am assuming that this is more of an in-depth of what you deal with on a daily basis as far as blindness goes. Yes, it's it's kind of like my memoir. Um, I guess you would say it's it's the story of my sight loss straight through. So it begins uh, a couple of weeks before I lost my sight and it ends on my wedding day, which was just a couple of months ago. So it kind of walks Congratulations. you through. Thank you. It, it walks the reader through most everything I faced. I mean, I couldn't include everything, but the, the highlights, the low points, the trials, the triumphs, all of the struggles and how God walked me through each one and how he taught me different lessons all along the way. And, um, I really poured my heart out in this one. It was, something that was very hard to write. And I, I kind of tried to write it over the past six years on and off. And it just wasn't the right time. Um, it was very hard to get all of those emotions down on paper in the right way. But I am very happy with how it turned out and how God helped me know what to share. And um, I pray that whoever reads it, if they're also facing a hard time, they'll to see, you know, God really can walk you through everything. And he is so very faithful with teaching us along the way as well. So if you could give a few, I guess, bullet points from this book, maybe uh, to grab their attention and get them interested to reading it, what would be some of the key points that you think that kind of highlights throughout the book? Yeah. So I'm thinking of one of the chapters where I talk about following the call to kind of start my life over again and be obedient to what God's calling me to do and how lost I felt. I talk about the um, the story of Moses, of course, because that's one that I really relate to. And 
how he gives all of these excuses not to do what God is calling him to do. And God says, well, um, am I not the one who, you know, gives a person the ability to speak or see or hear now go. It's me, you know, working through you and speaking through you. And I think that's a good application for any of us when we are feeling scared. It's not really about us. It's if God's calling us to do something, it's not for our gain or because of our abilities or what we can do. It's about God working through us. And that really gave me the courage to start moving forward. And I think for anybody, whether you're facing a trial or just facing not wanting to go to work today, you know, when you think about it in the perspective of, is God calling me to do this? Is she trying to fulfill a bigger purpose through this simple step, it can be very motivating. So in your writing, what was your, what was your biggest challenge? Oh goodness. I would probably say (laughs) uh, trying to put it all down, trying to write every little thing that happened over the six years I've been blind. And it was very overwhelming to me. Because I want, I want people to get out of my story everything that there is to get. And it was just praying and ha- having God help me discern what I should share and what I shouldn't. Because I'm a very transparent, open person. I'll sit and talk to you for hours. But at the end of the day, not everything that's happened, you know, is important to every single person. So just having God help me discern what to share and what is the best way to lead people back to him. Because ultimately, you know, I say my story, but it's not my story at all. It's, it's God's story. It's how he's worked through me. And that's what I really want to shine a light on in my writing. I like that. So are you right now? um, I know you said, uh, so the, the first book was in 2020, right? Yes. Yeah, it and was, then the second it was one released, was just released in 2020. Yes. And then the it, second one was just released um, oh, September, September 17th. Yes. Yeah. Are there any future books that you're working <laughs> on right now or ideas that you're throwing around? Yes. I've actually already started on my third book, which is going to be another devotional because I just love to, I love writing devotions. And I think it's a very easy way for people to get encouragement quickly. And I I hate saying that, but that's kind of the world we live in. You know, people are busy. And if I can provide a little bit of God's word and God's promise and faithfulness in that busy day, then that's a win for, for God's glory. So I've started another devotional and it's all about fear and how God can walk us through all of our fears and, and give us that Christ-centered courage. I like that. That's cool. Do you have a title for it yet or not yet? Not yet. I've kind of got a few things floating around. So I don't know. I'm trying to stick with the timeline of one book each year. So hopefully I can kind of start getting things solidified and this one can be out in 2022. So that's the plan. That'd be cool. So now, being a writer, most writers are avid readers. Mm-hmm. What are some 
some books that you draw from that give you strength and encouragement or maybe even inspire you to write your own? I don't know. I really love Karen Kingsbury. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she writes novels um, about most of them are about a family called the Baxters and they go through all sorts of trials um, and their faith is what kind of gets them through. So it's, it's kind of that fiction um, Christian fiction type deal, which is, is weird because I'm not a, I'm not a fiction writer. I write about things that have happened to me, but I love being able to kind of escape into a different world and read those stories, but also be encouraged along the way. And it helps me kind of be inspired to creatively share my, my stories and my own trials in different ways. So who, anybody who likes to read and kind of lose themselves in an easy, uplifting read, I would um, definitely recommend any of her books. Cool. So I'm going to fire away some uh, a little random questions, but it'll give a little insight uh, personally to you. Maybe um, we'll uh, intrigue the listeners and, and want them to get to buy your book. So if you could go back right now to the 15-year-old you, what would you tell yourself? Oh my goodness. So much. Uh, I I would definitely tell 15 year old me that God can provide so much more fulfillment and satisfaction than any of the earthly relationships that I am chasing after. Um, I was a little, little boy, crazy 15 year old. So that's what I would definitely tell 15 year old me. (laughs) Oh, my kid, he's doing the same thing every time. I got a girlfriend. Boy, you're 12. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So um, now are those the, uh, as far as you said, the book that you like to read, what about the Bible that inspires you to write? Because you, you kind of go along mm-hmm. your experience, but you have it Bible-based. What What are some scriptures that you draw from that influence you? Yeah, um, I love... Philippians. I love anything written by Paul really, um, really inspires me just because I relate to him, you know, the whole being blinded on the road to Damascus and being so changed. His heart was so changed through that experience. And that's really what happened to me. Obviously he was, you know, healed physically and I wasn't, but the underlying message, um, using that experience to really turn your life over to Christ and just everything he went through, Um, you know, being imprisoned and being tortured and all of that, and just always turning it back to God and serving him and his faithfulness. I, I got a lot of inspiration and a lot of encouragement from that. So in the six years that you have experienced blindness, what would be one thing that you, um, one thing that you are glad you went through, but one thing you wish you wouldn't have. Oh, goodness. So many things. <laughs> um, like two different things. One thing I was glad and one thing I. Yeah, like one thing I, maybe you would have okay. you would have did done different. One thing that you're like, uh-huh. I wouldn't change that at all. OK. Um, one thing that happened is. My dad, you know, I mentioned he's an eye doctor. So from the very beginning, he started trying to find a treatment that would bring my sight back. And 
This took us all over the world. We went to China and to Germany for medical treatments. And those were experiences that I, not necessarily the medical side of it would do again, but being able to travel and kind of see that different kind of travel. I know it sounds weird because usually, you know, you go to touristy spots, but this, these kind of trips were a little different where we got to see a different side of a culture. And those, that was really cool. Um, a really cool thing that came out of my blindness. As far as something that I wouldn't want to do again, I would say having to learn all the skills over again, Um, learning how to use my computer and walk with my white cane were so, so challenging and so frustrating. So I'm glad I learned it. I am glad I don't have to learn it again. I hope nothing changes so much that I have to go through learning it all again. Um, because that was very, very hard. So speaking on that, what, what are some of the things? Cause I mean, obviously I've never been through this before. What are some of the things that you were used to that, you know, like the rest of us, you can see, you can do everyday tasks. What was the stuff you had to learn over again to do it a different way now to adjust? Yeah. So I'll start kind of with something everybody's familiar with the iPhone uh, the iPhone is actually 100% accessible to somebody who's blind right out of the box with um, a function called voiceover. It's a screen reader. So it basically okay. reads the phone out to me. So as I'm scrolling with my finger on the touch screen, it'll read all the apps out to me and everything. And then I just had to learn different finger gestures to work it. So like different ways to tap on my phone. So if I want to open my Facebook app, I double tap on the Facebook app. If I want to swipe up or down on the screen, you know, scroll through my, my newsfeed, I use three fingers to swipe. So I can use the phone, but I had to learn a whole new way to use it. And there was nobody who could really teach me. Um, so my sister actually looked up YouTube tutorials and she learned how to do it herself. And then she would teach me. So that's that, pretty cool. I didn't know how to do all yeah. that. Yeah. So you can actually, I wouldn't recommend doing it, but if you wanted to, you could tell <laughs> Siri right now on your iPhone, turn voiceover on and it would turn voiceover on and you could kind of see how I live. You won't be able to turn it off though. Um, but you can tell Siri to turn it off, but um, people kind of freak out when they, they accidentally turn it on and can't get it off. So it's, it's kind of funny, but that was uh, one of the things. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So on and a, then, on a, on a daily, like going through town or the store, like how mm-hmm. do you have to have somebody with you? Yes. Um, I don't, I don't have to, but I don't live in a place where I can walk everywhere. Mm-hmm. I have done extensive training with my cane. And I, you know, I did live on campus, a college campus for a little while and walked to class by myself and everything. So I've had that training. I can cross the street by myself and everything. And I actually just got a guide dog two months ago. So we're training together to be more independent in our downtown area. So walking around the different shops and restaurants and all of that, but I do have to have somebody drive me and drop me off. And then from there I can navigate, but I am slowly getting my independence back. The only thing I can't do is drive. So maybe one day, but. (laughs) 
Well, that's really cool. So future wise, say 10 years down the road, what would you want to accomplish? Like what, what would your goal be of this experience and all that? Yeah, I, I want my ministry to continue to grow, not necessarily in numbers or income, but just an impact. I want to reach as many people as I can with my story of God's faithfulness through trials so that it encourages them to face their own trials through their trust in Christ. And ultimately, if they are lost and don't know Christ, that it'll it'll lead them to know our Lord and Savior. That's my goal. Obviously, I want to continue to write and, and publish more books and speak more places. Um, but ultimately, that that's what I see myself doing. And I hope 10 years from now, there are many, many people who have been encouraged by what God's doing in my life. It's awesome. So closing thoughts. If you could, if you could leave um, the listeners today with one, one closing statement, one kind of sum up of a message that you would want to get out there, something you have learned that God has taught you, what would you tell them? I would go back to one of my favorite Bible verses, which is also kind of my, my little motto and it's walk by faith, not by sight. And to me over the past six years of living without my sight, it, it means that God, when you trust him and you let go of this world and everything that is so distracting about it, that God really can walk you through anything and his guidance and where he leads you is so much better than what you might have planned for yourself. I like it. So one more time, she has two books out. You can get them on audiobook. You can also order a paperback on Amazon. Blind Faith Devotional, 30 Days of Finding Light, Building Faith, and Choosing Joy. And her other book is Unseen Steps, God's Guidance Through Unexpected Blindness. You can also find her and all of her stuff and information on sarahclaudia.com. And Sarah, I really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, it was an honor and thank you for sharing. Well, thank you so much for having me and for giving me the opportunity to share. Absolutely. Thank you all again for tuning in. Remember, you can go to Facebook and you can join our Facebook group, Faith and Failures, or find us on faithandfailures.com. We have over 600 people in the group as well as our fan page, and we will see y'all next time.